building your profiles with fake numbers at the end of the day doesn't really lead to a career in my opinion and uh, if if it leads to any opportunity it's probably a short-lived opportunity at that that's why when when artists promote music and i recommend a path and when i help them promote their songs on spotify i really emphasize the fact that look sure you can get on playlists that maybe bump your numbers but are bot run but that's not really the goal the goal here is to yes increase your numbers to invigorate your profiles but to do that with real people it's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music but i'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better if you have high quality music but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media we're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Ryan Votsek. So Ryan is the founder of Indie Music Academy. It's a channel that has generated over 1.2 million views on YouTube, over 220,000 readers of his blog, where he really covers music industry royalties, organic Spotify promotion, and overall business mindset for musicians. And I've had a chance to connect with Ryan over the last few months. He's in a mastermind group that, that I'm a part of, and he's just a really solid, really solid dude. And and we actually uh, partnered up for a Spotify playlist collaboration, where I got a chance to kind of test his uh, services and see how they worked. And I'm afraid to say that they're awful, and everything <laughs> that you're about to learn from him is total crap. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is great. I've been I've been really really impressed with it so far, and so definitely excited to talk with you today and and cover some some ground that we don't talk about a whole lot, which is surprising because you know in the modern musician industry, Spotify is like really the main streaming platform right now, and it's something that you know there's there's pros and cons in terms of like the the way that streaming has allowed artists to really kind of like distribute their music so easily and get it in the ears of people around the world, which is so amazing. And there's some challenges around, you know, kind of turning that into a, a long-term, you know, marketing channel with, in terms of Spotify, not necessarily being super friendly with getting people off of Spotify. At the same time, being the platform that is like the place that the majority of people listen to music, it's so, so important to, you know, have a presence there and actually understand, you know, how to, how to be successful on Spotify. So I'm super excited to have you on here today so we can actually talk about this yeah. more. And Glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, that was kind Thanks, of a long, long, yeah. long introduction, but I wanted to, to make sure <laughs> to give you a proper one. So Ryan, could you share a little bit about yourself and, and maybe tell your story for anyone here who maybe this is their, their first time hearing about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I started pretty traditionally, like just like all other independent musicians, like in high schools in a band. I played rock and roll, played guitar. My dad was a music teacher, so I learned guitar at a pretty young age and was singing at home. And, and I decided one day that I wanted to uh, pursue music deeper, and I got my four-year degree in music performance. And what I found out after graduating is that even learning all the music theory and learning music formally, there was still a big gap in kind of like the practical application of how do I get my music out there? How do I get my music heard? Even though I took production classes and I learned Pro Tools, the next step after that recording is made was still a huge gap in my mind. And so that's kind of where I was upon graduation. Even with a four-year degree, I was like, all right, I have these songs that I've written. I have you know, these skills to make the music, but I don't think I learned any skills on how to get my music out there. And so there was kind of like a little lull in my story where I ended up becoming a barista at Starbucks and probably served uh, coffee to thousands of people when my music was only getting heard by just friends and family, you know, mm -hmm. and then bounced around from job to job. And I was kind of soul searching and uh, trying to figure out like, what what's music going to look like for me while I'm holding this music degree, but working at Starbucks. And I took a video editing job at a surgery center. So I was kind of doing like a whole bunch of different things. And thankfully though, I, I was still performing. I still had, you know, a, a job at my church doing worship on Sundays. So I was playing music there, but it all kind of came to a head when I actually got a job in a marketing department at a startup. 
And that was really cool for me because I started to learn marketing principles. I started to learn Facebook ads and SEO and all these things that I didn't learn in music school, didn't even know to learn until I was in that experience. And while I was there, that knowledge kind of was like seeping into my music brain. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, I wish I knew this sooner. How can I apply these principles to music? And that's kind of uh, what caused the rebirth of me focusing on music now that I had kind of this marketing mind. And the thing that I want to encourage all the listeners to, to, I guess, believe is that marketing is creative too. And once I made that connection where like the marketing side and the music side go together, they're two different types of creativity, but it's kind of both, or they're, they're both using the creative mind. That's what kind of reignited this passion for music, because now I had the avenue to get my music heard once I learned a little bit about marketing. So that kind of leads us to today where what I try to do at the Indie Music Academy is to contextualize these marketing principles and strategies for independent musicians and put it uh, into words and into uh, programs that make sense for musicians. And so marketing isn't this big mysterious thing that's just for businesses or startups, but it's actually useful uh, for us as indies. So that's basically the story leading up to today. That's awesome. Yeah, th- thanks for sharing that, man. And and I feel like <clears throat> that story, there's probably so many people who are listening to this that can kind of relate to that. I mean, you're kind of starting out working at Starbucks, like being a barista. <laughs> for you know, most of us, we didn't become a musician because we thought, you know, what's the easiest way to make as much money as possible? <laughs> I know it's going to be being a musician, right? It's one of the most challenging you know, kind of places to, to figure is. out. You know how to how to actually have a sustainable income and how to treat it like a business, but but I think you're right that that intersection of entrepreneurship and marketing and business along with music isn't necessarily something that in the past has been like separated, right? It was sort of like mm-hmm. the record labels, like I'll we'll do all that you know yucky marketing business stuff, right? Like you don't want yeah. to do that, and then you know musicians get like a very small percentage of the of the goods that they that they produce right? because they're not you know in charge of of any of the marketing or the distribution but, but i think that that you're right that there actually is like finding that place where you can reconnect with the the integrity or the authenticity of marketing being a really mm-hmm. like core part of who you are it's not it's not necessarily something that you want someone else to take care of it's like asking it's like trying to outsource your marriage, right? It's like there's some <laughs> things that you just don't, you just don't do. They're so exactly. integral to, to who you are. Marketing is like building the relationships with your fans, right? That's actually a really good analogy because if you outsource that, especially in the beginning, you know, you do want to have that relationship be personal, just like a marriage, right? If you outsource mm-hmm. that to someone else, you're not really uh, in control of how that relationship is being formed in the beginning. So that's... It's actually an analogy I never thought of. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that analogy a lot when it, when it comes to like building relationships and, and thinking about it's yeah. the same thing, same analogy for, you know, if, if someone you don't haven't built a relationship with them yet, then you don't want to just like walk up to a new fan and be like, Hey, buy my, buy my merch or buy my t-shirt. Right. It's like asking someone <laughs> to marry you before you start dating. Cool, man. So now, you know, having a lot of experience, not just for yourself, but also working with, you know, hundreds of thousands of musicians now that you've impacted, what do you say are some of the biggest mistakes or common challenges, especially when it comes to like Spotify and and building building an organic, like an authentic presence on, on Spotify? Yeah, Spotify is a tricky one because usually the flow of traffic, right, is mm-hmm. towards the music, right? So if we're making content, we're sharing our life, we're sharing our story, sharing the behind the scenes, right? And we're trying to flow fans towards music, right? Spotify is an interesting one because we can either flow towards Spotify using Facebook ads or content. That's kind of the normal marketing direction. But then there's also the reverse flow because Spotify has an algorithm, right? You can trigger that algorithm or you can get on playlists, right? And you can generate traffic on the platform. And then our thoughts go, how do I get people to see my other stuff, right? Because Spotify is a little bit of a closed system. Right. And so that reverse flow is an interesting challenge because Spotify doesn't really have any uh, way to link your website. There's no way to link to a freebie or any kind of fan magnet to uh, build your list. Uh, really, all we have 
are the Spotify artist profile. There's the bio. And then thankfully, I mean, at least they give us a couple of links. We can link to Instagram and Facebook and maybe Wikipedia if that exists. And that's it. So Spotify is a really interesting one. And what I try to focus on is clarifying where Spotify exists in the music ecosystem, right? I don't want artists to think that Spotify is everything, but Spotify is not nothing also. And so having a healthy, balanced view of Spotify, I think is really important where it's a part of the full picture, but it's not everything. And so to answer your question, like how do you, how do you prioritize Spotify with everything else in your music ecosystem? I think it should be an important part, but maybe secondary to some of the more core uh, long-term marketing goals, like building your mailing list, for example, that is a long-term non-platform specific marketing goal where if Spotify goes away, or if your, if your social media of choice goes away one day, like right now, maybe you're using Instagram every day, but maybe Instagram goes the way of MySpace, right? And it just ceases to be relevant, right? The the thing whoa, that you're going to- Whoa, gonna... whoa, hold on. Wait, MySpace <laughs> isn't relevant anymore? Oh, crap. My top I mean, t- <laughs> Sorry to cut you, you off. Tom, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Tom still thinks MySpace <laughs> yeah. is really, really cool. So, but... just, never left his computer. He's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because of just the volatility of, of the internet and social media, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know at least historically that email will probably stick around, right? Email has been pretty constant. We all use email every day, pretty much. And so that's almost like the, the uh, backup of your music career, just like how we back up our computer and we want to keep our files safe. We kind of want to keep our music career safe too. And that's what the mailing list is in my mind, or even if Spotify goes away one day, which probably won't happen, but even who knows what's going to happen, right? We didn't really foresee that CDs would go away, even though now it, it seems inevitable, but we have no way to know. And so that's, that's basically where I play Spotify is it's extremely important, but it's not the most important thing to focus on in the whole music ecosystem. So what I try to uh, encourage artists to do is to pick one social media that's going to be the focus, right? And everywhere else you can kind of repost or repurpose and pick one streaming platform that's going to be kind of included in your content and social media strategy. Because I almost see Spotify as a streaming service and social media kind of combo platform, right? The numbers kind of matter. We want it to visibly look good. It's kind of cool that we earn royalties, even though it's not that much. But at the end of the day, Spotify exists as a tool for engaging fans for visibility and for discovery. And beyond that, there are much more powerful platforms to build relationships on. So it's a tool. It's great. It fits uh, in a limited way, but it's not everything. That totally makes sense. Yeah, thanks for <clears throat> thanks for sharing that. I think it's it's really helpful to kind of have context, and and yeah. I think the way that you that you presented it is is really a fair like objective way of looking at it. And sometimes it's it's uh, it's easy to view Spotify as sort of like I don't know the end all be all, or it's sort of yeah. like a representation of yeah you know, some of those. It's not necessarily you know, quote unquote vanity metrics, but in some cases it can be used like that. And it's so easy to you know to want to generate you know fake fake views basically just mm-hmm. for the sake of you know feeling like the numbers are bigger than they are. But I think it's really right. helpful to kind of have that authentic you know approach to what you're describing of like really making the main focus building relationships. And Spotify is a part of that ecosystem. That's a, a part of a place where you know fans connect connect with you and listen to your music, but. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying is that really the most important thing is to build a relationship on a platform that you can own that's that's agnostic mm-hmm. so that if Spotify dies or MySpace, you know, comes back and, <laughs> and Instagram and TikTok all die and it's back and Tom is you know, sitting on the throne, that, that no matter where they are, that you have this relationship with your audience that you can connect with those people. Exactly. And you brought up a really good point because, you know, no matter what platform it is, Spotify or Instagram or YouTube, you know, there's always that, that kind of lingering, nagging mindset where it's like, well, if I just get my numbers up, you know, it's true, especially with Instagram followers, you could, there are sites that I won't mention where you can go and you can buy Instagram followers and you can do the same with YouTube 
And you can do the same with Spotify too. And you can just buy those bot followers and you can buy those bot streams that bumps your numbers up. But at the end of the day, there's no human behind those numbers, right? And so whenever, you know, whenever we have that number talk, right, the visibility, right? I think numbers play a part. Obviously they do, right? Booking agents look at your numbers, record labels look at your numbers. But if those numbers don't represent humans, you know, if those numbers don't have any kind of substantial backing, just like how, well, not anymore, but the dollar used to be backed by gold, right? And so if your numbers are backed by fans, right, well, then actually, you know, you can actually live up to the promises that you're making with those numbers, right? If a booking agent is going to book you based off of those numbers, you're basically promising the booking agent something. Or if you get signed to a record deal, right, there's a contract in place, a written contract, but also an understanding in that relationship between the label and the artist that like, I hope that these numbers are real so that you can, you know, make our investment back, right? Because that's what the label wants. And if you don't make that investment back, you'll probably get shelved or dropped eventually, right? So building your profiles with fake numbers at the end of the day doesn't really lead to a career in my opinion. And uh, if, if it leads to any opportunity, it's probably a short lived opportunity at that. So that's why when, when artists promote music and I recommend a path and when I help them promote their songs on Spotify, I really emphasize the fact that look, sure. You can get on playlists that maybe bump your numbers, but are bot run. But that's not really the goal. The goal here is to, yes, increase your numbers, to invigorate your profiles, but to do that with real people, right? And the reason for that is not just for success during this campaign. Now, it's a good mindset for success on all platforms, regardless of what your goals are, because if you don't have the fans to back it up, I think that's just leading to a very dark and disappointing future whenever something some kind of opportunity comes along, it's not going to be a real opportunity. And I just, I really am afraid of artists that do receive visibility and, and do receive just opportunities because of their numbers, but then they just can't back it up because it wasn't real to begin with. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast. Or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast for the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so important. And the what comes to mind is, as you're sharing that too is, is because I think that what you're saying is so on point in terms of the numbers, like, it's not like the numbers don't mean anything. The numbers, right. like, they mean they mean a lot. Like, numbers yeah. are, like, a representation of the amount of people that, that you're reaching and that you're impacting. Mm -hmm. But they're not 
the only thing and they and what matters just as much is actually like the the depth of connection or the engagement like the real relationship that you have with those people so maybe you know if you if there's like a mathematical equation or a term it would be like your impact equals the amount of people multiplied by the depth of connection that you mm. have with those people right right so so you could have a thousand fans but like you've you completely changed their lives and your and your music is like everything to them and that could be way more powerful than a million fans that are basically bots or like there's no real connection or no real relationship mm-hmm. there absolutely so let's let's zoom out a bit then because well, a couple of things I would love to dig into is because I think that you have such a healthy like mindset in terms of looking at how musicians can can think about Spotify in an authentic way and like building organic you know, campaigns that, that help boost that, but really taking it as a, a piece of the overall strategy. So I'd love to kind of hear like to zoom out and kind of see like an overall framework or like what your view like kind of at a high level what those what yeah. those steps are. But then also, I would love to hear specifically, like when it comes to Spotify, yeah. what are some strategies that people can can use that does it in the right way, right? That does it in an authentic way that really is able to build a deeper relationship with those people as much as possible, but is also able to give them a presence on this platform where, like it or not, there are quite a few people who you pay a lot of attention to Spotify and those numbers are, are important. Yeah, definitely. So for me, there's really two ways to grow Spotify. Um, three ways, I, I should say, right? There's there's always the the organic content method, and that that works, like that goes without saying. But organic content, I feel like, is dismissed in the conversation a lot. But I do want to mention it because I almost dismissed it myself. Right. Organic content is the first way to grow by regularly posting on your social medias of choice and engaging with the people who are connected with you there. So that is first and foremost. But putting that aside, there are a couple of paid methods that can grow your Spotify faster. And the two are Facebook ads and Spotify playlist placements. And we've all heard of those before. Now, the difference between the two are almost night and day, right? Facebook ads, you're marketing off platform and you're trying to transition those fans from one platform to another right so for example if you're running uh facebook ads on facebook you're interrupting whatever scroll they're currently binging right and then you're trying to switch over to the spotify app so it's an app switch there Mm. playlist placements are in-app marketing basically right so they are already on the spotify platform they are looking for music And if they choose a playlist and your music is on that playlist, then your music is the answer to their need uh, for music in that moment. So those uh, are two ways where they're basically opposites. And then also the effectiveness of the two marketing strategies are curiously different too. So if if your goal is to get a lot of streams on a song, well, Spotify playlists are the most cost-effective way to do that, right? Streams are, are cheaper, and that's because there's no app transition and, and people are in, engaging already on the app in a big way. Cost per stream is much cheaper with a Spotify playlist. Now, moving over to Facebook ads, because of that transition from one platform to another, the costs go up. It's just harder to do. That's a marketing truism where whenever you are trying to transition platform, it's just going to be more expensive because there's always drop off. Your click-through rate is going to be dependent on the quality of that ad. There's so many more factors, but because of all those hoops that the visitor has to jump through to get to Spotify, they actually are a more engaged and higher quality visitor. And so you're more likely to get follows on your Spotify through using Facebook ads. And so because they're so different, I recommend you know using both in conjunction because they kind of attack the same problem from two different angles. Spotify playlists are great for streams and Facebook ads are great for engagement and and follows, actual like clicking the follow button on your profile and and increasing that metric with real people, I should add. And so working together, you really have a nice little combo. And the the great thing too, is that they both can trigger the Spotify algorithm, which I think is the ultimate goal of Spotify marketing. If we go back to what I said earlier about the flow 
of fans, right? If you're using Facebook ads, you're trying to get your fans to flow onto the platform. But then if you trigger the algorithm, you're, you don't really need that flow from another app anymore. Spotify is generating that traffic in those streams in app because of the Spotify algorithmic playlist. And I think that's the ultimate goal because you don't have to pay extra to transition platforms. You don't really have to worry about the drop-off involved. And in case uh, a listener uh, has never done Facebook ads, drop-off is when someone clicks on the ad, but then never makes it to the destination. And that increases your costs because you paid for that click, but you're not getting the marketing result that you want. And so I think the ultimate goal is to live in that in-app traffic space where you are engaging the existing audience that's already using the Spotify app, either with third-party playlists through getting great Spotify placements, and then eventually hopefully triggering the the Spotify radio algorithm, release radar algorithm, all of these algorithms that are engaging the existing Spotify users. Because it's, it's honestly just more cost-effective and easier to engage people who are already on the app in the first place. That's basically my, my mindset on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so good. <clears throat> I find it. So this topic so interesting too. And a few things that, that you mentioned that I think are especially on point when you talked about how it's ultimately, it's just going to be more difficult to transition someone from one platform to a different, to a different platform. And what that reminds me of is sort of like you know, Newton's laws of, of motion, you know, like an object in motion tends to remain in motion. So if like, if someone's like kind of currently in motion on Facebook and that's a platform they're scrolling through the newsfeed, it's going to take different type of energy. It's going to take, it's literally mm-hmm. going to take you know, friction to take them off of that platform. Cause an object in motion tends to remain in motion in the same, right. the same way yeah. versus when you're describing Spotify, they're already in that motion. They're already, they're already mm-hmm. on Spotify. They're already using the platform. So it's, it's, it's more streamlined. And one, one thing that, uh, shame, shameless, uh, plug, but actually it's not really a plug cause it's, it's not, a, it's not available for everyone yet, depending on when you're listening to this. But when it comes to the, you know, advertising and getting people, um, to Spotify from off platform, that's one of the reasons that we developed the street team software and like the, mm-hmm. the fan magnet fan funnel, but it was really to like, to, to help with that process in terms of like building their own audience, but having a more like cost effect because, because really like if you're paying for ads, you know, to get people off of Facebook, then the only thing that matters is how much does it cost you like for them to take the action? And then how much are you earning per action that they take? Mm-hmm. So if the action that you're getting them to take is to click off and go to Spotify, then the value that you get from that action is however many times that person ends up streaming the song based on them clicking, which if right. they streamed it like 10 times, which is kind of a lot, you know, for a new person to like, you'll know, get listen and they stream 10 times, but, but it's possible. Then that's still, you know, a few, a few pennies. Right. right. Versus if like you're describing in terms of you know, building, building your audience, having a mailing list, you know, that the value of a subscriber on your mailing list is so much higher in terms of like the, the earnings per, per person that it can be a more, you know, cost effective way if you're, if you're running ads and yeah, I'd love to hear, hear your, your thoughts on, on this too. But like, if you're running ads, would you recommend that people send traffic directly to Spotify or do you recommend that they have sort of like a intermediary where they're growing their own contact list and then like, you know, interfacing with Spotify from there or what are your general thoughts around that? That's a really fantastic question. I think, I think the answer is that you, you don't have to just choose one, you know, like you don't have to just have one Facebook campaign going. You could have multiple marketing goals that are running simultaneously. And so if, if one of your marketing goals is to grow Spotify, then yeah, I think it's great to run traffic to Spotify. I would make sure that you're using some kind of tool like the street team app or some kind of tool that you can put your Facebook pixel on. And so you can start building your Facebook audiences in the background based off of the clicks. And that's, that's a really important step that you definitely don't want to miss. But the funny thing though, is that the cost to transition platforms is pretty much the same. What I've found is pretty much the same, regardless of what that destination is. And I'll, I'll say it in a, in a clearer way. What I've found is that if, if you're trying to get followers on Spotify and you're running ads to do that, the cost per follower 
is a really similar cost to, or it's a really similar cost as the cost of getting an email subscriber, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. So the cost per follower could be one, two, three dollars on Spotify, but it could also be one, two, or three dollars to get an email list subscriber from Facebook ads as well. And so that's a really interesting choice to make. It's like, okay, if let's say I have three dollars to obtain an email subscriber or or to obtain a, a Spotify follower, which one is more valuable in the long run? And that's a really interesting question. I tend to lean that the email subscriber is more valuable, especially if you're paying $3 to acquire that or $2 or $1, whatever, whatever it ends up being in your marketing situation. At the end of the day, it's really hard to make these decisions because if your goal, if your number one goal is to grow Spotify and everything else is secondary, well, then it obviously makes sense to run ads to Spotify. But if you're like me and if you kind of believe in having that fan base backup, just like how you back up your files on your computer, right? And you do want to grow your mailing list and you do want to learn how to engage with them through storytelling. And you do want to eventually sell products and maybe, you know, pitch your Patreon membership or eventually, you know, sell that t-shirt or whatever it is, right? Then maybe the best thing to do in the long run is to actually build your list and spend that $3 on acquiring the mailing list subscriber instead. So it's a, it's a very interesting conversation, but at the end of the day, you don't have to choose one. You can have two campaigns going and you can be growing your mailing list and you can be growing your Spotify followers at the same time. And obviously we all don't have unlimited marketing budgets, but maybe it's a, you know, a 70, 30 thing or, you know, a 50, 50 thing. It really depends on your goals and what is important to you. And those goals can adjust and change. It's never set in stone. So, but it's a really great question that I've thought a lot about. It's, it's interesting how, how much more useful an email list subscriber can be compared to a Spotify follower where you can't message a Spotify follower. You can't really get them to buy anything. And unless if you've activated the marquee tool in in Spotify, it's really hard to retarget your Spotify fans. So we're in a really interesting time. I really hope Spotify increases their just abilities to use a general term. I really wish that they had more options for for websites to link to in your bio. I really Mm -hmm. wish that they had the ability to at least send some kind of message or some kind of notification and they're kind of solving that with the marquee tool, but it's only available to uh, artists with 10,000 streams in the U S per month, which, you know, disqualifies a lot of artists who are just starting out. So yeah, it's Spotify is in a weird place. It's not a very good marketing tool, even though it's a great uh, app to listen to music on, we're kind of stuck in a, in a pickle where we kind of have to grow that platform in a vacuum right now. And it's really hard to uh, to get people to flow in and out of Spotify. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this stuff. Yeah, it's super interesting. And yeah, yeah I, was, I was the weird kid in high school that liked math. So like when, when I see like math equations, you know, when we talked about the mathematical equation for like you know, measuring like the amount of fans times like the depth. But, yeah. but when it comes to like paid traffic, I think that's one of the reasons that, that I'm such a big fan of of paid traffic is because it really is just like a big math equation. And when yeah. I say big math equation, it's like it's it can seem really complicated, but really it's not that complicated, right? It's just like two it's two pieces of math. It's like how much does it cost you to bring this person in, and how much are you earning per person that you bring in, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like the only two things that really matter. And so yeah, I think that that's like an interesting you know, barometer to kind of look at the different platforms that you can drive traffic to, right? Like basically the bottom line is how much are you going to earn more sending someone directly to this to, to Spotify platform? Or are you going to earn more sending them directly to your mailing list? And like you're like you're describing, I think it's a, it's just night and day that it's like yeah. you know, you're going to earn much more per phone number slash email address that you have. Yeah. Um, of course, you know you need to actually do the work of connecting with those people and, and building something like valuable for them and, and making offers that, that are actually valuable to them. But you, your ability to do that is just much more connected having you know, a mailing list. And, you know, you can use that, like you described earlier, like you can use that mailing list 
no matter what platform you want to be on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or, you know, Instagram or TikTok or MySpace, <laughs> you know, you have that, that, that audience that you can, as things evolve and as they change, like you can, you can bring them to whatever platform that you want to engage with them on from that point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it's also important to do a self-check and to make sure that you're not using any single platform as a crutch for your career. And Spotify can definitely be that. Instagram can be that where you're, you're, what I mean by a crutch, where you're focusing just on the growth of that platform, not necessarily on the growth of your business, of your, of your income, right? And so you can easily get in the mindset of like, I'm just going to post more on Instagram. I'm just going to increase in followers. I'm going to engage more on that platform. But if you never learn the skills of storytelling, or if you never end up going through the product creation process, right? If you don't build this, the, the rest of your business surrounding your music, then you can kind of get stuck in this hamster wheel of just platform maintenance and just engaging on one platform that's never actually uh, bringing life to your music career. And Spotify can be a crutch too, where you're marketing on Spotify, you're you're paying for Facebook ads to grow it, or you're you're getting on Spotify playlists and and getting more and more playlists and more and more streams and more and more ads and more and more followers on Spotify is your number one goal. But at the end of the day, that can be a crutch too if you're not thinking of products to create, if you're not learning how to storytell and and create you know warm up content and, and and engaging your fans in a way that can eventually lead to sales because sales are required for income, you know, and, and so any platform can be a crutch like that. And so that's also an important thing to realize when you're uh, establishing your Spotify marketing plan, it's like, okay, how am I going to incorporate Spotify into my overall business goal? And one of your business goals can be to grow Spotify. That's fine. And just like how one of your business goals can be to increase the follower count on Instagram. You know, those are all great goals, but don't forget about those income goals. Don't forget about revenue and, and product creation and storytelling and engaging your fans, most likely through mailing list are extremely important too. So good. Yeah, absolutely. So having had direct experience now, like working with you and, and using the Spotify, Spotify services that you offer, yeah. I would love to hear you talk a little bit about Let's imagine that someone who's listening to this right now, they've kind of built the infrastructure where like they have some of the core like business fundamentals. They have their mailing list. They're starting mm -hmm. to like engage on, on one of their social media platforms and they have some some traffic that's coming in. They're like doing a good job kind of with like, the, the initial foundation. And their biggest thing now is is they're like, you know, I would like to you know, just boost my Spotify numbers in a way that's organic and authentic. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's one you know, kind of piece of the equation that I haven't sort of sort of uh, figured out yet. Could you describe the service that you guys you created and how that works and what kind of yeah. sets it apart from you know maybe different types of things that are out there right now? Absolutely. So yeah, the service that we offer is a 100% organic influencer marketing based Spotify promotion service. That's the that's the long name, right? And the reason that I uh, emphasize all of those things are because they're of course, we all know about the uh, the pay to play and then the, the bots and then the fake numbers and the fake streams. And this is not that it's influencer marketing, which is a completely, you know, in line with the Spotify terms of service method to get more streams and to get more followers on your Spotify profile. And so basically the way that it works is we find the playlists that are organically ranking in the Spotify search results. And we specifically pitch and target those lists to place your music on. And there's a big reason why uh, we really focus on just the playlists that rank in the Spotify search results. And the reason for that is because if it is ranking for a certain keywords, it's guaranteed that the listeners are engaged users on Spotify. And I'll, I'll paint a picture of this. If, if I get my song placed on a playlist called relaxing music, for example, and if I type in that term, relaxing music, and that playlist is the first result, it's guaranteed to get clicks and streams. Not only that, but Spotify has a search algorithm, just like how Google does and, and YouTube. And so 
the, the way that the search algorithm works is that it rewards playlists that are uh, in, full of engaged users that have great music, and it rewards them by putting them up in the rankings, by raising them up towards the top of the search results. And then playlists that are not engaged and are, are they're basically punished by <laughs> pushing them down in the rankings too. So we're using Spotify's own search ranking algorithm to hone in on the most valuable playlists on the platform. And it also guarantees that we're also getting some of the most engaged users on the platform. So that's basically our philosophy. We have a playlist vetting procedure that we run through all of the playlists that we uh, pitch to. And that includes things like looking at the, the growth metrics and chart metric, which is an advanced Spotify analytics software. And, and yeah, we look for all the red flags, like, like dips in followers, because that's the sign of Spotify purging the bot accounts, right? So if a playlist has a massive dip on, on a single day, uh, then we know, oh shoot, this playlist was probably grown with bot accounts and this is one to stay away from. And the funny thing is that Spotify does these bot purges kind of platform wide on a single day. And so, you know, you can kind of see like in multiple playlists, like, oh yeah, if, if we just look on April 23rd, for example, like that was the day of the Spotify bot purge, you know, and it's kind of funny to see like, wow, all these playlists had a huge bot following. And so that's one of the first things that we look for is a smooth growth line. If a playlist is ranking first in a search result, it's getting followers on autopilot. And that's just how SEO works. You know, if you're visible and you're getting engagement every single day, you're going to get predictable growth and streams every single day. And if your music is on one of those playlists, that's how we can get predictable traffic and engagement on your songs. So that's basically our philosophy and how we uh, structure our promotion campaigns and how we like to just ensure that things are done safely within the Spotify terms of service and, and, and gets a good result. That's awesome. Man, I didn't even yeah. know <clears throat> some of the stuff that was involved with that. That's so interesting in terms yeah. of like the purges that happen like across, yeah. across all the different playlists. One thing I, that I think you mentioned, but it's, it's so, such an important thing is that what you're doing is, yeah, it's organic, it's real, and it's within Spotify's terms of service. Right. Mm. So maybe you could talk a little bit about like, you know, what, like, what's the um, danger of, you know, some, because there, I, I know personally, like quite a few musicians who have lost their songs on Spotify, yeah. essentially like, you know, because they used a different service that maybe they didn't even realize was like a, a fake, you know, listener or fake Spotify platform. So yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about, about that too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone to just read the Spotify terms of service themselves, because it's really good knowledge to have just as you're moving, you know, and wading through the murky waters on Spotify. But basically there's Ryan, two main points. I, just one, one second. <laughs> I am never going to read the Spotify terms of service, but that's why I love you and, and why I think you're so awesome and, and so valuable to have people like you. Oh um, so you can interpret those for me because yes, I'm never going to read the Spotify yeah. terms of service. But yeah, basically it is everyone, right. please get on my nerd level. Uh, no, just joking. Uh, everyone just listen to Ryan is basically what I'm saying. Like we need, we need aggregators that we can trust that are able to, interpret some of these things so that it is more accessible to yeah well actually that's a pretty good time to mention that i do have a couple of documents that i made they're on the indie music academy website specifically on the spotify promotion page that you should check out they're just simple google docs but they're, they're almost like research papers that i've written with uh, screenshots and analytics and uh, in-depth case studies. And also I break down the Spotify terms of service and kind of organize it in a little more user-friendly way. And those two Google Docs are, are you know, obviously they're just free to, to view. You just click on the link and those are, just, they just exist on the Spotify page right now. So definitely check that out if you want a user-friendly version of all this information. But the two main points to remember about violating the Spotify terms of service are first and foremost, you don't want to use bots because Spotify calls that stream manipulation. Mm. And so anything that uses a computer or uses some kind of uh, server to uh, artificially generate streams, that's definitely against the Spotify terms of service. And I'm not uh, sure how Spotify decides the punishment, but there is always a risk in violating 
the terms of service. And so, as you mentioned, like you definitely don't want to get your music taken down. I've also seen pretty scary screenshots of Spotify removing followers from an artist profile. It's it's actually a, a really interesting graph where like maybe you have a thousand followers and then in one day your followers go from 1000 to like 200 because they just purged all of your fake accounts. And so if you are an artist who paid for those fake accounts, it's almost like, wow, what a total waste of money. Not like maybe you uh, were like, oh, well, I know they're fake, but I'll use this to get a booking or I'll use this for some other purpose. Right. But at the end of the the day, it's not going to last. And even though, even though maybe for a specific goal, it might've been worth it at the time, it's not going to be worth it once Spotify takes it away. You'll just be paying for something that won't exist anymore. So Uh, That's the first part of the terms of service. And the second part is that it's actually against the Spotify terms of service to pay to get on a specific playlist. And that's an interesting, an interesting thing that we, we structure our business to actually make it in line with the terms of service. So I'll paint a picture. If you really like a playlist, if you discover a playlist, that's a perfect fit for your music. Maybe that's through DMing someone on Instagram or through another service. If you actually pay that playlist owner for a placement that's against the Spotify terms. And so as a Spotify promotion agency, we step in as your ambassador and as your promotion manager, and we actually do the pitching on your behalf. And here's a super important thing that makes us in line with the terms of service. We actually don't pay for any particular playlist. What we do is we pitch to the influencer and the influencer decides the final destination of the song. That's the best fit for your music. So we actually do not uh, pick any particular playlist. What we do is find an influencer that has you know, many playlists, that has a huge following on Spotify because that's their thing. That's like the one thing that they're experts in, right? And one of those things that they're experts in is staying at the top of the Spotify search rankings because that's their thing. They just, they live and breathe Spotify playlists. And so what we do is we secure the relationship, but the influencer decides which one of their many playlists your song best lives on. Because as, as the curator and as the owner of their, of their own playlists, at the end of the day, they're the experts and they want their playlists to be fantastic listening experiences. And so that's how we stay in line in the Spotify terms of service, which we're, we're very transparent about that. We have all of this information publicly facing on our Spotify page. And, and yeah, we're just very proud of how well it works for artists and how we're able to just get these songs in some of the most valuable playlists on Spotify. Because at the end of the day, if, if a playlist is nowhere to be found if it's in the bottom of the search rankings if there's like literally no physical way to discover that playlist on the spotify app it's not really a valuable playlist to get on you know Mm -hmm. and then that all also makes me question how are those plays being generated if it's really hard to find the playlist and are you having to pump some kind of like low quality ads onto there or are you using bots or engagement schemes. And so we try to eliminate just all of those questions entirely uh, by focusing just on the high ranking uh, playlist that Spotify is already rewarding in the search results. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that totally makes sense. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate you and, and what you guys do in terms of, I think in terms of the landscape, because as, as musicians, especially, right? Like we have like part of the reason that that we make music is because it reflects who we are and it feels very personal. And it, mm-hmm. and because of that, I think that a lot of us, it's really like one of our biggest fears is you know, our music being totally unappreciated or like yeah. putting it out and there's like zero listeners. Therefore, it's so easy to fall prey to some schemes that are sort of like, you know, you know, get more playlist streams or get, you know, get more mm-hmm. views. And even if they're not necessarily like long-term building a real relationship. So that's why, where I really appreciate your transparency around like mm-hmm. looking at Spotify as a holistic approach to their business and doing it in the right way, <clears throat> in a way that's okay. not going to get their account banned, but actually is a part of a, a bigger, yeah, a bigger music career. So I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, man, th- thank you for taking the time to, to talk today and walk through all this stuff. Pleasure. 
And for mm -hmm. anyone who's you know listening or watching this right now who wants to learn more, or you, you talked about those free documents, and anyone who might be interested in like you know, Spotify promotion, what's the best place for them to go to learn more? Absolutely, yeah. So the website is called IndieMusicAcademy.com. That's I-N-D-I-E Music Academy. And you can navigate directly there, throw it into the Google search. And, and uh, there's a lot of, first of all, there's a lot of free stuff if you're interested in learning music marketing if you want to get a free workshop i also have uh, you know free song release checklists and all kinds of just very useful things available just my free gift to you for just checking out the website and yeah and for listening to this podcast too and if you want to check out the spotify specific stuff there is a link on the website called music promotion and that'll take you to our done for you music promotion services, just like the Spotify campaigns that we've been talking about all this time. And so that's, that's the link that you'll find all those case studies and, and free research Google documents that I've put together with the screenshots, the analytics and our philosophies and stuff like that. So that's really useful. You can also uh, sign up for a campaign there and, and amongst many other things. And we also have a training link for our more formal music marketing trainings. And that's definitely a place you'll want to go if one of your goals is to understand all the mysteries behind the music industry regarding royalty collection, music copyright, all of that stuff. We have trainings on that. And we also have trainings on engaging your fan base. We have a, a training uh, on storytelling and we have a training on even how to uh, write better songs. So all of that is available at the Indie Music Academy website. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, just feel free to reach out to me and, and I'd love to answer any questions you might have. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time, Michael. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for being here and doing what you do. I think again, yeah. like uh, the fact that you've done the work for, for so many of us when it comes to like reading Spotify's terms of service, yeah. and royalty collection and kind of demystifying it. I think it's so important to have also someone that is looking at it that is you know trustworthy and transparent about your things. Super, super valuable. So I appreciate, appreciate you. And like always, we'll put all the links to everything in the description so you can go have easy access to check it out. And yeah, until next time. Thanks so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.